0: It snowed so much here. Which is pretty uncommon. And Normally we get snow in like March, not December. It's three months early. You would think, oh,
1: Garrett, that means that you got to stay inside and play video games. No, that meant I got no. to shovel my driveway and help people move and <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: sleep. And still work because you <laughs> get to work from home. Oh, yeah, and still
1: work because <laughs> I get to work from home. Um, so, so, yeah, so I... I had my fun with the snow and not in front of my computer, but I did get to dig into a few things I'll get into later.
0: Yay. I did uh, not have to work because I happened to be on vacation during the snow, which unfortunately foiled a bunch of plans. We were going to go down to GameWorks in Seattle, Oh! Uh, <laughs> but my son fractured his foot, and my son and daughter were sick, so we missed it. And then we were like, oh, we'll go next weekend. My wife pulls it up, and she goes, oh, they're permanently closed. Yep. That was literally the last chance we had to go. Yeah. And she just looks at me and glares and I was like, What why is this my fault? <laughs> <laughs> you brought the snow. It's your fault. Yeah, I brought the snow, I fractured my son's foot, and
2: I gave everyone the sickness. Uh huh. Yeah. It is totally true. my fault. We all know you're down with the sickness, as it were. Get up, Zach. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Co-Hops Podcast, this is episode number 27. As always, you have your hosts, I'm Garrett. We have Nick. Hello there. And Zach. Hello. Still recording remote, hopefully soon in person, uh, but uh, excited about the new year, new stuff with the podcast. Uh, I think a couple episodes ago from this would been our uh, 2021 wrap-up, so if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Some new exciting stuff that we're looking forward to this year. But uh, some things that will not change. We will still be talking about beer, and we will still be talking about video games. So uh, with that, let's kick off our first beer of 2022. Uh, Nick. Nick was the person who picked this week. Nick, kick off 2022 with a good one.
2: It's an honor to have the first beer of the year. Um, I guess guess, uh, that's a a
0: peek behind the curtains, because this will not be the first episode to come out in 2022, but it is the first we are recording
2: oh yeah that's true yes yeah in theory the first one you hear should be episode 25 uh which uh, as i mentioned in the the pre-show you can blame me if it sounds terrible because i'm trying my hand at editing um still blame zach though
1: send your email and all all your hate mail to zach oh yes
2: yeah yep just blame him for letting me touch his domain
1: (laughs) no it's just zach's fault uh
2: well now i know so much more about how how the sausage gets made i'm very familiar with the waveform of my own ums and uh how quiet i can be if i just stand a little bit further from my microphone it's amazing what about the things my you learned nose about whistles yourself?
1: have you heard uh, have you heard my secret songs only a couple
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Your> secret song <laughs> uh, they were s- only
1: for zach's uh so i didn't know exactly which one you were going to do so i kind of pulled back on the love ballad a little bit but it'll come on strong uh-huh. you know you'll you'll, you'll yeah. see you'll see
2: it was just a
0: warm-up just if warm you up. randomly get aroused while listening that's it
1: yeah <laughs> it's a subliminal nose whistle love song <laughs>
2: <laughs> well speaking of love songs i don't know um well i i love amber ales and so i wanted to to go back to a an old favorite for for me and this is not an old favorite beer but it's an old favorite type and uh, i've been considering featuring something from this brewing company for a while it's odin brewing company in tacoma um, and this is odin's gift their amber ale uh, according to their website it's inspired by northern european brewing tradition uh a ru- a deep ruby colored ale rich caramel and roasted malt flavors complement earthy hop aroma to produce a beer that easily pairs with a variety of foods uh it's 5.4 abv 28 ibu just a classic simple amber ale i i mentioned when you picked this that i can't remember i know
0: i've had something by them i cannot remember what it was i'm pretty sure it was an impulsive just random buy for a game night one time but I don't remember if I liked it or anything. So this is I'm pretty much going into this brewery blind. Have either of you had anything by them before? I I haven't. Have not either. At least I don't think so. The horse kind of looks
1: familiar. Wait, that's not a horse. <laughs> that's the world serpent. <laughs> uh, yeah. from from far away, it kind of looks like the dark ho- horse logo, but when you hold it up, it's definitely the the world serpent, I believe. I don't remember what it is nor his name. name, is, name. but
2: Jörmungandr.
1: Yormengander? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I can only remember Yggdrasil, which is the world tree, oh, hey.
0: right.
2: which is also on here. Oh, it is.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah on right. a, <laughs> for, for worth forever.
0: mentioning for those who are not looking at the at the art like us, the art's very cool. It's <laughs> yeah. you've got Odin sitting there with his spear and his two ravens, and he's holding a flask, and he's like in some water. Presumably, I guess that's the world tree. I'm not sure, but. Mm-hmm. it's it's got kind of a red and brown colour to mimic the amber and it, it looks very very cool. I really like the art,
2: yeah, it's very cool. I'll get as much of it in to the uh photo for the episode as I can, but it's sort of a panorama across like half the the can uh I have a can they found bottles um but yeah it's it's interesting um i I know I tend to like ambers, but at first taste, this is um it has some kind of sharp flavors almost almost a little too acidic for me um maybe i just got too much of the head i got a pretty thick head off of this like maybe an inch or so in my uh in my i'm not sure what to call this kind of glass uh the
1: official name is stemmed trapezoid there you go (laughs) i don't think that's the official
2: name (laughs) (laughs) well you could have fooled me
0: (laughs) Uh, I think it's a
2: teku
1: glass ah there we go exactly um, Teku means stemmed trapezoid in English so
2: you're welcome yeah it it kind of flares inward towards the top and so uh there the head was kind of concentrated because there's less space at the top of the um uh, at the top of the glass so uh I'm curious what do you folks think about it while I take my second sips and reconsider well I'll tell you what after my first sip,
1: I kind of felt my beard get a little thicker, <laughs> and I I felt this funny feeling on my shoulders, like almost like tiny little bird feet were, were sitting on either shoulder, and I was wearing this magnificent cloak, and I had really good <laughs> beer in, in a horn off to my right
2: in my right hand. And um, my right eye just started to fade its vision. <laughs>
1: Oh no, that was my left eye, so probably not Odin. But um, okay. yeah, besides, besides <laughs> that, um, I, I mean, it's exceptionally smooth, barely even bitter, and really, really strong caramel and malt. Um, and it's it's one of those like multi taste that just kind of sticks around on your tongue afterwards. Like even if you've ever had like a like a malted milkshake there's like there's a really heavy malt flavor that kind of sticks in your mouth and that's that's what i feel when i taste this so i overall i like the flavor um i like i like uh the way it feels in my mouth even though that's feel that sounds weird (laughs) Uh,
2: yeah it is very smooth and now that i've had some without the head now that the head is dissipated it's much much better i think whatever acids and such were just concentrated in the head because it's very smooth and much tastier now that that's all gone
0: i wonder if you had more of a head as well because you have a can as opposed to a bottle
2: that's a good point well nick also
0: ceremoniously shakes his beer before he opens it and drinks it so (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. after forgetting to roll my brains never again i will (laughs) toss up every every beer i have like a salad
0: (laughs) Don't toss beer salads, Nick. <laughs> Your partner
1: just goes downstairs and hucks it up through the window to you. <laughs> 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 it's podcast time. Everybody on the street knows when he's about to record. Uh,
0: I, I have to agree with Garrett on this. Um, pretty much everything he said, kind of. Your it's, beard it's felt a little thicker, didn't it? A little bit. Well, it's, it's yeah, I think so. Huh. I think looking at looking in the webcam at myself right now, I think on the sides where it's a little thinner, it's it's kind of filled in. Uh I don't have crow feet though, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. Well I do, they're on my eyes, but not on my shoulders. Oh <laughs> uh but yeah, no, the, the caramel is what I get the strongest, uh flavor wise. I'm not sure. Garrett, you mentioned the maltiness. I, I get that really a lot as well, but the caramel for me is what is super pronounced.
2: Yeah, same.
1: Well, Nick, um would you like to do the honors of our first beer review from Beer Advocate?
2: Oh fantastic. Yeah, so this is from user Filbert K from Washington. Um, This is a 3.16 out of 5, which is 12.9% below the norm, apparently. Um, uh, Threes for smell, taste, and feel, and four for look, um, which it is a nice, beautiful, like, dark brown. It looks almost more like a stout until you hold it up to the light and the amber color comes through um but anyway odin brewing company odin's gift ale brewed with juniper berries 2011 22 ounce bottle 5.4 abv 25 ibus 3.5 out of 5 thin thin lace line off white light tan quickly dissipating (laughs) head that i feel like i had just had a stroke (laughs) yeah there's
0: too many adjectives right (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's so like you're reading a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I just snorted. Uh, oh jeez. And uh continuing the adjective train, uh clear, rich, pretty, bright, ruby brown color.
0: <laughs> wow. Toasted. I I gotta stop the where
2: where are the juniper berries?
0: What is this a different version of this beer?
2: I wonder if that was like a seasonal variety, which I could see that being interesting, like a gin-ish. Yeah.
0: Um one. Oh weird. also on the side of the can it says Tukwila. But on their website, uh they only list Tacoma, so maybe they moved.
2: Oh I wonder I wonder also if they're distributed out of Tuckwilla, but mm, um, could be, could be. Oh. Yeah, wait wait a second. It says Tuckwilla on the can too. So false mm. alarm. They're from well, a different part. Tacoma
0: or Tukwila, one of the two. The website yeah. said Tacoma, which is where I got that from. Fascinating. I you wonder if they don't live just... in
1: Washington. They're from
0: Seattle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah, they're from plus minus ten minutes from
2: Seattle. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Hell, most parts of Seattle are not plus minus ten minutes from Seattle. That's true. That's true. Should be fair. All right. Well, anyway. Um. the The review continues. Toasted black cherry toffee, burnt note, mild juniper hop front. This person doesn't seem to know <laughs> what apostrophes are. <laughs> um, or sentence structure. Like you yeah. don't just start with adjective or
1: like noun <laughs> and then adjective train and sentence.
2: Yeah. Mellow, sweet, roasted toffee, dark fruit, slightly crusty, cloying, mild, pine, malty body. You know, I wonder if this is just their, like, their out loud notes verbatim of, Mm. like, (laughs) tasting impressions. It's just, like, all the adjectives they could think of about it.
1: Like, the beginning of the review should start with, Hey,
2: Siri. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, Google. Please notate. Okay. Clean, lingering, roasted fruit note end rich ruby ale subtle juniper notes well made tasty brew but not exceptional the only real (laughs) sentence in the
0: entire review Uh, yeah exactly
2: yeah none of these are actually sentences they are just sentence fragments just cut off when it seemed like there were too many words
1: hey it's a co-ops first it is a stream of consciousness uh interview (laughs) Uh, we want to thank you philbert k for your unique and
0: confusing review uh, I really like this this last part that uh, Nick did not read, which is uh, just the completely unnecessary details. Sampled four twenty three twenty eleven, purchased for four dollars twenty nine cents at the Ballard Market, Seattle, on four twenty two twenty eleven. So not only do we get the purchase date, but we get the sample date, which is after the purchase date. Which I guess Oh I guess no ignore that I'm was stupid. when they drank I'm, it. Yeah. I sample I'm stupid. Ignore me. No, but wouldn't wouldn't it be interesting if it was flipped? What if he Ooh. drank Ooh. it oh, before shit. he purchased it? <laughs> then we
1: would have to so completely, completely
0: My brain was thinking our... Costco samples like <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go <laughs> to the store oh, and try this and then I was like, How is that what? Never no. mind, ignore me.
2: Anyway Oh yeah, or like he went to the brewery mm-hmm. and got a sample. In yeah, that something like
0: that's what I was thinking. But yes good stuff thank you philbert <laughs> well uh
1: what what might become a new segment uh we'll see uh we have our first two listener emails uh, that we're going to be read off so um bear with me because i am reading these uh as they're written <laughs> um so the first <laughs> yes. one the first one uh the subject if line you've ever is, seen uh, go sick.
2: Ahead. If you've ever seen sick in a in parentheses in an interview or something that yeah. just means yeah this is this is the interviewee's language i didn't make this mistake <laughs> I, yeah uh, <laughs> that, apply that to everything here
1: so the first uh subject line is hate mail okay
2: great off to a good start
1: hola friendos get good uh like like gud uh, Shogun, G-I-T. Total War, was the first Total War game. 1v1 me. Sincerely, 420 Blaze It for Jesus.
0: Um, there so that, are... that's calling out my uh, my mistake, where I said Rome Total War was the first one. So How dare you, Zach. Now you've been put in your place, and how do you feel about it? I feel the same as I did before I read this email. Because <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> but it does matter to 420 Blaze It for Jesus
2: so yeah. um sincerest apologies for
0: well, I, I hope he's uh lighting those up in
2: prayer <laughs> here here's my totally unfounded sure to provoke more reaction uh-oh the, sh- the series really started with rome i mean right i, I mean yeah totally. that's that is actually the first i heard of it was uh through people who really loved rome total war so mm-hmm. i i did not even know shogun existed until shogun 2 was announced like oh there was the first one that's okay <laughs> and
0: uh when looking this up I was like, oh what like that title seems wrong. It, isn't it Total War Shogun but they apparently changed the naming convention from Shogun Total War to Total War Shogun 2, so.
2: Oh yeah, cuz Rome Total War and Shogun Total War and then they changed it after that.
0: It was a uh, Total War Shogun 2 was the first one, so they they had Shogun Medieval, Rome Medieval 2, Empire and Napoleon were all that colon total war and then it was the next one where they changed it wow there are so many of these like tom clancy there's a billion of these fucking (laughs) games i don't understand
1: i'm sure well um total war aside we actually got a second email this one subject line is halo tv series spoilers friend for the contents (laughs) (laughs) how excited are you for the halo series coming this year uh and i'm assuming that he meant the Halo TV series, well, streaming series that's coming to yet another streaming service, Paramount Plus. Oh, great!
2: <sighs> uh, I think my, I'm at my cap of I think, streaming I think services it's coming to the Pirate Bay.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: um, I is that still a thing? I don't know. don't care enough <laughs> to pay for Probably. it. I don't care enough to subscribe or even do a free trial of a service to watch more exclusive content. I just. I'm I'm out. I don't care if it's Halo. Hell, it could be Monster Hunter. I don't give two <laughs>
0: shits. I'm not buying another streaming service. I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like I, I don't I feel like we're at the point now where with the amount of streaming services I pay for, it's like we're back up to that, that old cable bill that we all escaped, right? It's like, you know, we cut the cord, we're like, okay, we're gonna do Netflix and, and stop paying for cable. And then it's like, well no now we've got Hulu. And we've got Disney Plus, and we've got Crunchyroll, and we have Funimation because my kids can't, you know, read as quickly, so they they need it in English, and they like mm-hmm. to watch some anime. So we pay for two anime services. Hurry up one Sony, for the kids, one Fuck, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we have HBO Max. So we have six services that we're that we're using, and it's like I I just really don't want to go for another one either. So yeah. I'm hoping that maybe it's oh and Amazon Prime if you count that but yeah maybe you do maybe you don't but I'm hoping that it will come to something else I don't think it will maybe if it's really good and it gets put on like Blu-rays or UHDs maybe I'll pick it up that way but I just I have no desire to subscribe to Paramount Plus oh U UMDs so you can watch it on your PSP mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely no, I, want, I want it on the the Game Boy Advance movie format
2: oh god yeah can we it's find like a 12p? way to put it on a VMU. <laughs> Jesus.
0: My Tamagotchi
2: uh,
1: is dying, but I need to watch the it, next six seconds of this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but as far as the actual show goes, I actually haven't looked at anything about it. I just heard it existed, and I said, "Okay, like yeah. I'm tentatively interested." Like Ford unto Donna was pretty cool, but it was only pretty cool. It wasn't like it was also short, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know how an entire show will will be sustainable I guess they could lean more into the UNSC as opposed to lean into the Spartans which is probably the way to go yeah uh, if you're wanting something that's not going to be really trash
2: I do see a lot of Spartan names in the cast list I don't see a lot of names in the or as far as the roles I don't see a lot of names that I recognize among the actors and actresses or the creative talent behind the scenes so who knows it could be good but I I'm not interested just by name recognition alone so it'll really have to prove itself and even then i think i will like you just wait for it to be off paramount plus because i'm not subscribing to one more thing Mm -hmm. i have a hard enough time watching tv shows that i like a lot and that i have access to Mm -hmm. um for some reason tv shows are just hard for me to get into i feel this um i feel like i am subscribing to or signing up to just watch the whole thing what as soon as i watch the first episode so taking that first step can be kind of difficult because it's not like i'm making a one hour commitment for one episode i feel like i'm making a 12 hour commitment for the whole season
1: sure you accidentally see like 30 seconds of friends and you're like i have to watch Uh. all of it (laughs) (laughs) no here i am for the next four months this cycle yeah no i i feel i feel you on that one nick because i i have um My system is three episodes. I give anything three episodes and I can eject after the third episode. If it really doesn't hook me and I'll feel like I gave it a fair shot because episode ones are sometimes pilots episode twos are sometimes pilots and even episode
0: threes are sometimes pilots. Sometimes whole first seasons are sometimes (laughs) pilots. Yeah, really. But like, sometimes it's really good. Like if you can stick through it, but that's not a request that
2: should be reasonable to make. Yeah. So something like parks and rec, that's pretty rough to start, but then gets a lot better later on. Mm -hmm. Um, dollhouse is a classic one. That's one of my favorite TV shows. And the first like four and a half episodes of season one and the first three episodes of season two are just garbage. (laughs) Uh, it's it's really sad it is amazing it's like a switch is flipped that it's like oh we forgot to turn the quality on (laughs) sorry Garrett we interrupted you what were you saying no
1: no no um I was I was just gonna mention that I just finished um I just finished the second season of Witcher um the Witcher on on Netflix and um it's good it's a good TV show, and it's really cool to see people who don't know about The Witcher getting into The Witcher, but it kind of also feels like, you know, when you read a book and then they put out a movie about the book, and you're like, that movie fucking sucks. The book is so much <laughs> better. Like, please just spend 80 hours of your life and read this book or or whatever, right? Um, yeah. It kind of feels like that with The Witcher. I'm like, the story is so much more engaging, even some of the side stories and side quests in The Witcher 3, like... Forget even the first two games. Like if you just pick up with Witcher 3 Wild Hunt and play it on on easy mode, like you'll get a lot of the story beats and be familiar with the world and, and it's it's fun and immersive. And I kind of feel the same way about Halo. Like Halo, as I've said many times, holds like a special place in my heart. I I really do dig the story. But as it's gotten older, I mean, past reach, it hasn't gotten any better. Even with Infinite, it's it's not the shining thing it's more the gameplay right so i wonder if there's an interesting story to be told to be put on the screen and until i hear otherwise from a bunch of people maybe i I don't even think i'm going to consider even looking at it because forward unto dawn was really really cool i liked the little halo animated miniseries things which were really oh
0: man i forgot about those yeah Yeah, they were yeah
1: but uh but yeah Oh, that long-winded example is just to say, like, I'd rather go play Halo than watch Halo.
0: Yeah, I hope that uh, it's it's takes some of the the cues from Ford unto Dawn. Like what Ford unto Dawn did well, I hope it continues along with that. Don't lean heavily into the Spartans. I think that's a, a mistake. I think they won't translate well to TV. But it I mean, military show is easy to do and you just make it a sci-fi military show with the UNSC
2: and mm-hmm.
0: some aliens and it's probably fine.
2: Yeah. It reminds me of uh, the, the Warhammer novels, specifically the Horace Heresy series. Uh, the first book in particular does a very good job of showing the stories from the perspective of regular humans uh, because space marines are so like weird and alien and so like divorced from what humanity is uh you need to have human characters to provide a perspective and to to show just how different they are and to give the readers something to latch on to so like that first horace heresy book is largely from the perspective of an embedded journalist uh who is with space marines as they do stuff and encounter the stuff that sets all the events of the tabletop game into, into motion. And I think that stories about super soldiers and superheroes and so on ha- can have a hard time uh, making their protagonists feel believable and relatable because they're so different and their experiences are so divorced from ours. Um, and so, yeah, I I agree with you that focusing on more regular ass dudes is the way to make that series interesting
1: I would watch a show if it was just all grunts
2: they oh, <laughs> make grunt birthday party
1: yeah exactly exactly that uh, <laughs> that's great you should write for Paramount plus
2: <laughs> I just want this to be a cartoon like um uh like Star Trek lower decks I want it to just be a goofy cartoon about like grunts
0: we, uh. we need this to be made by like I think a good stew would be like illumination to make a grunt Show. Oh. oh no! Oh, I no. mean, no, no, don't. they're it would be great because grunts are just fucked up
2: minions. Okay. All and right. You also
1: know that they're like
0: five foot six or something like that, right? Also, they're making Mario, and Chris Pratt is really cool. <laughs> yeah. And Charlie Day is Luigi. <laughs> Nothing matters anymore. Uh huh. Uh, so I guess to answer the question of the email, uh, no, am I excited for it? Eh, maybe I don't really know a lot about it, but I also don't want to subscribe to the service to pay for it. So that's, that's we'll, a no. We'll me. see if there's another way to watch it.
2: We'll we'll see. I'm I'm leaning more towards Garrett's no side, but we'll see.
0: Well,
1: thank you, friend of the show, who emailed in. Thank at, thanks
2: Dan for that one, and <laughs> thanks 420 Blaze it for Jesus for the other one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, both of them started
1: their salutations with friendos, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, strange. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, the plot thickens.
1: <laughs> Well, let's move on to what we've been playing, news we're excited about, and what we're collecting. Uh, Nick, why don't we start off with you, sir?
2: Excellent. Uh, I will not belabor this point too much. I will just mention I have continued to play Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Uh, Check it out on your bingo cards, folks. Yep. Uh, that story is still amazing, and it uh, the Shadowbringers, I've mentioned, is a high-water mark for... Final Fantasy storytelling in general and this continues that trend it's really excellent in the way that it tells these stories and the way that especially that it wraps up all of the story threads from throughout this game's 11 year history is pretty amazing and pretty impressive and I'm really curious to see where the story goes from here because this is kind of the end of it all it is as apocalyptic as it says and i am very curious to see how it finally wraps up i'm almost at the end but not quite there so it's going to go the
0: way of star wars galaxies and just shut down oh no No, no.
1: <laughs> no it's going to be it's going to be um um they're going to take all the story beats from the end of majora's mask the moon will crash into the earth or yep eorzea and uh then it's going to become final fantasy 14.2 <laughs> 14-2.
0: Oh 14-2.
1: You
0: gotta, you gotta follow
1: yeah. Yeah, naming right. conventions. You're right, 14-2. Really, 358
2: over two Aorzias. Oh god, no.
1: <laughs> Square Enix stop. Just Daffy stop Duck with the shows numbers.
0: up. Daffy Duck would show up. Oh god. Oh my god, what if what if it what if Worlds collided and it made a Kingdom Hearts MMO? Oh, no, what if Worlds boy.
1: collided and it was run by Spider One of Power Man five thousand? Oh my god. <laughs>
2: A terrifying thought um but yeah i'm i'm excited to keep going and uh that i mentioned that partly because it informed one of my other choices for what i played this last couple weeks um there is a lot of final fantasy IV nostalgia specifically in this particular expansion um it's it's been shown in the promotional materials, so I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that part of this takes place on the moon, <gasps> um, and part of Final Fantasy IV takes place on the moon, and uh, and there might be creatures on the moon that are in four that are also in this. Um, are they Muggles? Uh, well, Mo- are they Moongles? Oh, I mean, basically. <laughs> um, so there's. I don't remember the exact specifics, but there's some Japanese myth of, um, I think it, it's based on like the shape of the craters or something, but uh, there's a myth that there are bunnies in the moon in the same way that we have that, like the moon is made of cheese thing. Um, and so there's this race of little bunny creatures living in the moon. And in Final Fantasy four, if you go talk to them, um, they're, they're all called Hummingway um that's the name of their race and uh you talk to them and they say a little jingle and so in this game uh occasionally the little rabbits will sing that jingle and it has been stuck in my head forever and now i want it as my ringtone um <laughs> Wait, but
0: tones are still a thing Everyone i know just
2: always has a phone on vibrate i mean exactly so i would never hear it because my phone's always on vibrate but the only I still... people
0: i ever hear with ringtones are old people
2: yeah. <laughs> I started um, turning mine on at home just for fun.
0: Just to remember the nostalgia of
2: 2006. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started playing Final Fantasy 4. I realized also that I'd never played the actual real original version of Final Fantasy 4, and I'm not playing the original to be fair, but Yeah, uh, which version are you playing? I am playing the PSP version. Oh, that's what um, I played. I love that one. Via via the Vita um oh boo I, you no <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh it's it's very nice it's super slick it's super fast like the loading is super fast everything it just runs super smoothly um John, and i sure hope so it's a super nintendo game on a yeah. vita <laughs> well but
1: it's like the remake right so it, everything's in 3d
2: so it's not it's all oh. pixel art it's better looking pixel art but uh the remake is what i played originally it was my first final fantasy actually um the the ds1 which is a a pretty significant remix and is also drastically harder
1: that's the one that i played i played the ds because i played the 3d one i never played the pixel one
2: yeah it's got voice acting too and good voice Mm -hmm. acting yeah Um, I i liked it a lot but uh but yeah i have noticed this is dramatically easier um even even through the lens of history as a as a child i remember that that game was really hard um but this is much breezier and it's just so slick and smooth and it doesn't hit the highs that Final Fantasy VI does, which is a very similar game in a lot of respects, but it's just so well crafted as a story and the party management is uh, like the way that they manage the characters that you have access to at any given time up until the end where you get to pick um, is really smooth and never feels like you are uh, without an archetype that you need. Uh, but at the same time, it challenges you to face problems in different ways based on the different folks that you have with you. Uh, it's, it's so good. And it's so refreshing to go back to just such a simple and clean game to bring it back to Kingdom Hearts.
1: So not to like go too far off from this discussion but i always hear people talk about all the different final fantasies except for final fantasy V. is that actually a game yeah yeah okay it.
2: yeah it's it's kind of a redheaded stepchild of the final fantasy family partly because it never came out in the u.s ah. um no it much didn't. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Originally, well, it,
0: did, it did. Eventually,
2: like many mm. years later, yes. That's true. Never, never was a poor choice of words.
0: Did it come out in like a PlayStation collection before the Game Boy Advance? Maybe I'm sure like it did not
1: come out originally, or but it somehow possibly. found its translation in a later yeah. console
2: yeah but the the thing with five is that it's a mechanically focused game and not a story focused game yeah. where four and six are much more about the story, and the mechanics are somewhat secondary. Five is um much like three it is about the job system and about making your characters as broken and versatile and ridiculous as you possibly can mm, um and either. so People who are (laughs) nuts for mechanics and want to like mid max and make the most ridiculous synergistic combos really like five. But people like me who like the stories of Final Fantasy and kind of uh, enjoy the mechanics secondarily are will kind of bounce off of five. And that's exactly what happened for me. Hmm, I will say you're being being a little rough to the story of five. It's not terrible.
0: It's just not at the same level as those others.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's fine. Um, like, it's not as as bad as like bravely default, which feels like a successor to five and three in a lot of ways, but is even more just go get the crystals because I said so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but isn't that every Final Fantasy story when it boils it down
0: into into a Until nutshell? Until the
2: crystals were destroyed. It's some yeah yeah um to some extent that is every Final Fantasy story, but they do a better way of making me, or they they do a better job of making me care about the characters in most of them, and I just could never care about Bartz, and I don't even remember any of the other party members. <laughs> uh, you only
0: remember Bart's because he got
2: translated as butts.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, that's the only stuff. reason you remember it. Uh huh. I feel like I've seen him in stuff too. Like maybe he's in um, in Desidia.
0: Probably the one, probably the one I, I,
2: five character.
0: I think one of the things that makes it harder to have a long term what am I trying to say? Like a long term uh, remembrance of these characters is that because of the job system, you can change them into whatever you want. So instead of thinking of like, oh, I've got cloud who's like this badass fighter or i've got yuna who's like a sweet healer it's like oh these people are just whatever i want them to be because i can just literally change them to anything
2: yeah Yeah. and it's funny that you mentioned seven because seven is very much the same way to me mechanically but they do a good enough job of solidifying those characters personalities that i still felt a difference and i felt an inclination to make them one thing or another you can kind of do that with the esper system in six uh as well um and it ends up homogenizing them but again the characters are so well developed that i felt a predilection and i wanted them to be the way that i felt like their character would want so uh four is great i am not near the end, but I am probably about two thirds of the way through. I've gotten through a lot of the story beats that I remember, and I'm excited to see it through and get to the moon. and And I will probably not play After Years, but uh, the one Coward. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that I have been playing this last couple of weeks. Uh, is an interesting flawed not masterpiece I wish I could call it a masterpiece it has some really interesting ideas but it is one of the 360 games I mentioned picking up uh, a while back uh, in my nostalgia for that generation and it is Clyde is it Parker's... Dante's Inferno oh, oh you know I like Dante's Inferno Dante's more Inferno is great people.
0: don't you talk shit about it Zach I wasn't <laughs> He said Flawed Masterpiece. That's Dante's Inferno.
2: You know, that's a good point. There, It's not perfect, but I enjoyed Dante's Inferno a lot. But anyway, no, this has a similar tone. Right behind
0: me over here somewhere.
2: Nice. Uh, <laughs> this has a similar tone. Uh, it is Clive Barker's Jericho. Uh, oh, which... yeah.
0: I forgot you mentioned that game.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm almost done with this game. Um, I probably won't talk about it next time unless there's a really big special revelation in the final segment because i imagine it's largely more of the same um but it's uh it is for those who aren't familiar the conceit is that it is a like squad command military shooter where you're you have these like teams of specialists and you uh have rudimentary command uh, abilities basically you can tell them where to go uh based sounds on two like, squads
0: sounds like the thing for xbox
2: <laughs> or ps2 i guess interesting i never played that but i have to imagine that doesn't have the twist that this does which is that pretty early on in the game your protagonist dies the the squad oh. leader dies and his spirit possesses the various members of his squads and so you're swapping between the six other characters in the in the story, and you get to use all of their psychic powers and uh, special weapons and such, uh, and use them to solve various combat situations, which are a little samier than I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a ton of enemy variety, and it's it's very linear. Um, like the concept of it is kind of interesting. And the mechanics of each character are kind of interesting, but the design of the game just doesn't do enough with it. And I have a feeling this was like a bit of a reach beyond their grasp situation where they had ideas they wanted to pursue, but couldn't pursue them in a way that was uh, to the fullest extent of their potential. Um, And I, I know that these developers are talented and can make good things if given the time and budget because this is mercury steam who made metroid dread uh and it is i mm. believe their first game um but it has a really cool aesthetic it's very grimy and bloody and uh basically <clears throat> to sum up the story very quickly there is sort of a bermuda triangle-ish uh space in the middle east that is this city that just uh collects um horrible places of horrible despair from throughout history and through various points in time different squads of seven or teams of seven like psychically gifted people have been sent in to try to close the breach and in doing so have just or like the breach in reality to this uh this ancient biblical demon entity um and in doing so they just keep kind of perpetuating the cycle and adding another layer to the the box of madness uh and so you're going going through various points in time um you go through like caligula era rome um with a machine gun yes yeah exactly (laughs) which is kind of funny so you're (laughs) facing these demons who have like spears and shields like a phalanx uh soldier uh and you're just mowing them down with your yeah, you, machine you gun. teach
1: them what grenades are and then the game's over
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're demons so it takes a little little more than that but every enemy and every enemy has kind of a weakness and you can figure it out and i came to have my favorite people in combat uh largely the sniper funny enough because she has a telekinesis push it's just a basically a fusroda sort of mm. um, a we shove, force push. Indeed, it just sort of staggers people, and so against oh. those um, those shield guys, it'll stagger them so they'll drop their shield and sort of hunch over. And if you line it up right, you can stagger them and have a headshot lined up for when their head staggers over. Um, and so I got pretty good at just doing that over and over and it seems like a headshot instantly kills at least with her weapon um but uh and and to to add to it her uh force push also sets things on fire after a certain point in the game you get like (laughs) upgrades to their abilities um there's a lot of interesting abilities and there is obviously a lot of thought put into the world of this game like uh your heavy gunner character has this heavy machine gun but attached to it like, where your arm is attached to it to to fire it, he has this casing around his arm which contains the fire demon that he's made a pact with, and so his special power is releasing the demon, and it, like, burns his arm and causes him pain, but it sends the demon out to, like, hit stuff and burn things. Um, what
1: the fuck is this game?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. It has all kinds of wild stuff, and, like, the one character who isn't psychic is has is like a tech whiz and what she's she d- got to be one. <laughs> yeah. She she's my favorite dumb stuff about the game comes from her because uh a lot of the dumbest lines come from her like I'm downloading additional supplies uh which how does that even what does that even mean? And uh download a car. <laughs> <man>. She's 3D <laughs> really printing
1: bullets. them in real time. It's like you need a health pack <laughs> in the middle of battle and she's like, "Hold on." I got to yeah. set the
2: resin. So her her special powers are uh she like punches into a computer on her arm and it like slows down time like she <laughs> manipulates time through an algorithm or something. It's ridiculous. Oh um but oh, my favorite time. my favorite thing is the conceit of them never running out of bullets despite being in a place where nobody else has guns is that what her her tech time wizardry uh rewinds time inside their bullet like pouches to to a point where they had they were more full
0: wow uh, yep. i do not have a comment for that <laughs>
2: uh it's it's so goofy and it sounds amazing yeah uh, to be
1: honest i, ca-
0: I want to play this game now
2: <laughs> if you have a 360 i'll definitely lend it oh, to I you do. when i'm when i'm done with it you think it's... mr
0: xbox over here doesn't have a 360 i know
2: hey but but just just to be sure you didn't toss it out when you got your Xbox one thinking any game that's worth uh, worth playing is backwards compatible because no. this one is not. Um... I'm not an idiot, Nick. <laughs> that's fair. And I, <laughs> to be fair, I didn't do that either. I thought about it, but I didn't. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I've been enjoying that. Uh, but it's it's very monotonous in the gameplay, but it's so charming and it's so charming in how goofy it is um but it also is genuinely disturbing at times too like a lot of the imagery in it is really grim and uh and upsetting uh and these characters are uh goofy exaggerated characters but they're also kind of endearing if you have an inkling i would recommend checking it out but uh just go in forewarned that it will not be a masterpiece (laughs) and that's uh and that's it for me so Who's, well, Zach, uh, who's next? What you got, man?
0: Uh, mine's simple. I've only been playing Chrono Trigger
2: again. Oh, my God. Oh, Be-
1: what? <laughs> this is just going to become the Square Enix podcast where Nick tells us all about the Final Fantasies, and Zach only plays uh, Dragon Warrior and Chrono Trigger.
0: Hey, whoa, and the dragon, yeah. Dragon Warrior, my friend, was not Square at the time. It was Enix.
2: Whatever.
1: But... It's all the same. It's all the it same now.
2: So you're on the Enix side, and I'm on the Square side.
0: Well, we'll I, yeah, well, I'm not going to go into it. I've, uh, we've obviously looked back at an older episode if you want to uh, hear our conversations about Trigger. But uh, the reason I've been replaying it is because I got uh, something very cool recently that I've been on the hunt for for years, which is a uh, PVM, which is a professional video monitor. These are – the one I got specifically is like a medical-grade whoa monitor, so it's for – it's primarily sold or was in the 90s to uh, offices that are doing medical, you know, like looking at scans and stuff. And so wow. uh, what makes these so great for playing retro games is because they have a higher number of TV lines than a uh, retail set. So your hmm. your, your picture is going to look better. Um, it also has more control over the colors, so you, you can really yeah. fine tune it and dial that in. I think it's playing on it so i i was testing it out putting in a bunch of different games and i it was like oh I wonder what chrono trigger looks like and then i just like <laughs> four hours later i was like oh well i guess i'm just <laughs> playing this again so there you go yeah that's funny. games games still good shocker
2: that is a, a pretty good like that's a beautiful game with great pixel art and if you're gonna test out a crt type monitor that that sounds like the the thing to to do with it uh i had no idea so i knew it was just some like cool crt that you were excited about but i did not realize it was like professional grade that's pretty awesome actually
0: so when you're when you're um looking at crts the cream of the crop i oh gosh I may get this wrong so I apologize in advance. Uh, send me hate mail if you need to. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure the BVMs, which are the broadcast video monitors, are the top tier. And those are things that we're using like TV studios, right? Oh, so,
2: sure. Like live editing broadcasts Right, and yeah.
0: And so those are kind of the top tier. The next step down is the the PVMs, which are the professional video monitors, which are things like what I got, which is uh, for medical use. They're typically, these are things that would be running in like doctor's offices, things of that nature. And so... They're um they're very cool. They're very expensive. Like the one I got, I learned after I picked it up that you know recently sold on eBay is anywhere from four hundred to a thousand dollars depending on condition. Oh my god! So it's they're not cheap. They're highly desired and they're very difficult to come by. I was extremely lucky on mine and I got it for twenty dollars off offer up. <laughs> Dang! Amazing. I forgot I had an alert set for Trinitron oh, offer up. Sure. And I got an alert, and it's like, "Hey, something new popped up for Trenton." I was like, "Oh, I wonder what this what? is." And I clicked, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> it's like message yeah. the person instantly.
2: I mean, if you if you aren't in tune with the retro gaming scene, you wouldn't know that these things are valuable. You would think, "Oh, it's just a junky old monitor that's outdated and nobody wants." But
0: so this this person actually mentioned in the post, like, "Hey, this." Is good for retro gaming. Whoa. I had to leave money under their mat and go pick it up when they weren't there because they're in the middle of moving. So I don't know if it's just Whoa. like a situation of like, hey, just I got to get rid of this thing like 20 bucks. Ooh, right. Here's
2: sure. a question. How heavy is it?
0: Uh, Probably like 75 pounds. Okay. How, so how big is the screen? 20 inches.
2: Okay. Decent. So it's enough to be annoying. I was wondering if that was the reason of like, oh God, I can't stand to move this thing with me um no like, it's like it's you might like have like a
0: 35 inch one which yeah. is like literally 200 pounds
2: <laughs> yeah okay it's it's
0: actually maybe less it's probably it's maybe like 50 to 75 somewhere in there i don't know i'm a really bad gauge of of that but it's got handles on the side i can carry it pretty easily myself it's not too bad but yeah i'm very excited about that that's about all i've been playing i did put in just for the sake of having something new to talk about I put in my DS today The game Lost in Blue uh, Which hmm. is a game I've had for A number of years I bought it kind of randomly On sale one time It's made by Konami So that tells you how old it is and, Oh uh, yeah
2: <laughs> Konami, they used to make video games Oh my gosh, <laughs> I just
0: looked this game up Go ahead Well, its I didn't make it very far Because it wasn't very fun uh, <laughs> I might sell this game. We'll just say that because I'm not really enjoying it. I played about an hour of it. And you you basically, the game starts out um, as you're a dude who washes up on shore. And then it's just like, okay, have fun. And doesn't tell you anything. You just run around. You pick up stuff. Find a cave. Make a fire in the cave. Ooh. Go to the next area. Find a girl. Take her back to your cave. You guys both <laughs> sleep. And then uh, on different seaweed mats. Not on the same one, you pervs. And then you just kind of this—the game is like you just running around, exploring more of the island, collecting more more coconuts to drink, and you have to maintain your levels of uh, hunger, thirst, energy as you're going along. And so it's tedious because you're you're not only um, having to explore the island but you're having to maintain these these levels and games like that can be fun but this one just really wasn't that enter- entertained me so I played it yeah. for like an hour today and I was like I think I'm not going to play anymore of this game it's
2: it's like it's a fine line between something like Animal Crossing and something like this where it's the tedium is fun and it's not right, tedious. yeah it's just it's just sort of uh, or, or even soothing. Minecraft
0: has like hunger levels and stuff and like that's still entertaining but this is just not
2: yeah uh, I I just learned this uh, is a series that started on the Game Boy Color. Um, oh yeah, it's, there's
0: the, like three DS entries. There's a bunch of
2: them. Mm-hmm. And there's a Wii one, too. The Game Boy Color one was called Survival Kids Koto no Bokensha, uh, which translates to Adventure of the Solitary Island. Um, <laughs> and so uh, Survival Kids Wii was the Wii one, but it was Lost in Blue Shipwrecked for America.
1: Huh. Oh, guess what Konami did? They made it an Android app that's free to play that you pay money to like accelerate time and get
0: items. Makes sense. Wow, Sounds like Konami these days. It's uh... not fun, at least not for me. I wasn't really digging it, but I did uh, really enjoy playing on my DS, so I'm going to go find something else to play on it. Maybe I'll bust out retro game challenge because that game's great.
2: Oh, it's so good. Oh, that game's so good. And you just played Dragon Warrior, so you will enjoy the rpg hopefully because at least (laughs) it's better than dragon warrior that's true (laughs) yeah retro game challenge is really great maybe i'll dig
0: that one out or while i'm digging through maybe i'll there's there's a bunch of games i have that i need to get to like
2: 999 is Ah. another one zelda spirit tracks so there's a ton of games i need to get to i will not belabor this point um but speaking of 999, uh, my partner and I have been playing through Virtue's Last Reward again. We were playing it on PC, but it's just easier to play on the couch. So during one of the various holiday sales, we picked up the console versions of the the series on uh, PS4, played on PS5. And uh, man, those games are so good. They're so weird and so fun. And uh, yeah, I, I throw my hat in the ring to recommend those.
0: It's worth mentioning, I guess, just as a funny sign tangent about 999 is that you were telling me about this game because I was like, hey, I was like on a DS kick of like collecting. I was like, hey, I want to what are some good DS games I should get? And you recommended that. And two days later, it popped up locally and I just went and bought it because it was like (laughs) super random,
2: like coincidence. Yeah. And the DS version is arguably the best version so there are parts of the story that make more sense if you play it on ds but the um there was a collection that featured the first two games in the series um, that remastered this one to have voice acting which is actually really solid um we played through that version uh lauren and i did and uh the the voice acting is is really great um but you lose some of the impact of some of the story beats by not having it on DS and not having the multiple screens to display information to you at the same time um i won't i won't spoil it by saying how but that is that is something that is diminished on on a non-double screen console
0: the last thing i'll mention before i pass over to you Garrett is uh i really love the DS lite by the way like, playing on it today, I was like, oh, gosh, this console's so good. Like, it's just, it's so small and compact, and you just shut it when you need to, put it in your pocket. Like, it's great. I love it. it makes me feel like I'm playing a, a slightly upgraded GBA SP.
1: Hm. Yeah. Can you play a DS games on a 3DS? Yeah, totally. Oh, okay. Then I might have to look into getting Golden Sun DS. Oh, yeah. Because I know are. that was the third one, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds right. Yep. Dark D- sun
0: oh gosh no dark sun. dark dawn maybe? maybe golden
1: sun 2 dark dawn
2: it's three well i golden want to say sun. it was dark sun because it would be ds
1: yeah. everything had to have a cheeky ds title in it right yeah
2: oh no it's dark dawn you're right hey Ooh. say it again wow. so everyone can hear it. zach
1: was wrong uh, let's <laughs> move on oh whoops <laughs> all right, you're you're up uh so uh several episodes ago don't know when at this point I I mentioned that, um, I've had a couple friends hounding me to play uh, Sekiro and I picked it up on the Steam Winter Sale. Didn't think I was going to be able to get to it for quite some time, and I was like, no, I'm going to dedicate <laughs> some time and I'm going to play.
2: And so, you said it would be three months before you played it, and lo and behold, I saw you on Steam. Playing
1: <laughs> it. Yeah, um, I played for about an hour on Friday, and then I got some time on Sunday, probably about two hours to play. So I'm only about three hours in. And um, I love the game. It's just, it's amazing. The the gameplay, the little bits of story that they feed you, it definitely feels very, like, Dark Souls-y, um, where you're kind of getting drip-fed information, but the world is more um, believable and grounded in semi-reality, at least for now, for me, because I'm in the very early stages, so I'm still fighting, like, peasants with spears and, like, you know, samurai uh warriors and um only like a few kind of weird things like a giant snake and um a, <laughs> yeah. a drunk man with a thousand cuts on him that like drinks alcohol and barfs on
0: you. Um oh my but... god can you imagine spilling alcohol on you if you had a thousand cuts? Yeah oh, oh, yikes. Bad?
1: the it's cool. I won't get too much into the story, but one of the main hooks is it it kind of plays like dark souls mixed with um ninja gaiden from the xbox not the not the nintendo not the nes version yeah um it it, you have just like your regular sword you don't really switch weapons and you kind of level up your different techniques and get different combos but the most interesting part is in the very beginning of the game you lose your arm pretty much yeah, your, your whole your whole arm from like the shoulder uh, and then some and then uh, you think you die. You wake up and this person has given you the Shinobi's prosthetic arm, which kind of looks like a Pinocchio puppet arm. Uh, but the secret to it is as you progress through the story, you find these different items and you take them back to the sculptor, which is like at this main point, And he gives you different tools. So like I've What's got his name? Geppetto. <laughs> it might as well be. <laughs> he yeah, carves, really. He carves
2: Buddha statues. He's really cool.
1: But uh, the first one that you get is a grappling hook with some, and then um, uh, some Ooh, throwing which stars and so shurikens. Good. And I'm the grappling, grappling hook. Hooks. Like, if you've ever have either of you ever played the, um, I I knew him as Tenshu, but they might have a yeah. different name. But like, no, Tenshu is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's got a little bit of Tenchu in it or, too. Like well, you can, great. Maybe you can definitely sneak you can sneak around and and you can do some stealth kills or you can just run in and fight everybody you know you can really kind of um pick how you want to approach different situations and the shinobi tools give you even more choices so um like yeah. i've got like the flame barrel which is just a close range flamethrower that sets enemies on fire and staggers larger enemies um you've got shurikens which you can like throw at weaker enemies and then like prioritize others um, but and but it'll by, stagger them like yeah, the, it, it the shuriken stagger. is
2: is useful because weaker enemies will get staggered by it really easily. So you can one hit kill them. Um, I mean,
0: I don't know about you, but if I got hit by a flying blade, I'd probably get staggered, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favorite
1: one so far, though, is the axe because you just like oh, yeah. out of your
0: forearm, like
1: Wolverine style, like flips a giant like meat cleaver and then you rear back. And with all of your weight, like just slam for it and it like destroys shields, it staggers enemies. And I it's just so love it. chunky. But everything about this game, the animations, the 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 uh all like even the textures, like I feel like I'm in the world just like standing there. I catch myself standing and like staring <laughs> off into the distance or like examining the stones that like build this temple or or this monument or looking at like the grimy mess I leave after I have defeated Successfully in like four button presses, eight enemies. Like, it's yeah. just a beautiful game, but it is difficult. It definitely takes yes. some time to go slow and be patient and like learn from your mistakes. Because if you don't, you know, a lot of people bounce off this game, and there was a lot of hubbub about Sekiro is such a great game, there should be an easy mode so everybody can experience it. And the director's like, nah yeah <laughs> pretty much get get good like uh 420 this is a from hashtag. software game right yeah it sure. sure from software yeah. game and Published a lot of people Activision. thought
2: yeah yeah that was weird which is strange i know a lot of people thought this was a new tenchu game when it first got revealed um and it kind of might as well be uh but it's it's so good it's it's so smooth and fast uh, in ways that Uh, dark souls really isn't and even bloodborne is deliberate in a way that uh that this doesn't quite feel uh like i always feel in control but at the same time you will die just as quickly as you kill things so it's punishing but it's so satisfying and especially those gadgets as you get more of them Mm -hmm. um one of my favorites is a parasol um it's (laughs) like a metal parasol and it is your counter mechanic. And so it's like a shield that you pop up for just a moment. And, um, and it'll, if you time it right, you'll counter an attack and you get a lot of stagger out of it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the way to kill bosses, uh, at least my, preferred way to kill bosses is not to do damage to them necessarily and and remove their health bars that way but to stagger them so you can do a one-hit kill or what would be a one-hit kill on a regular enemy to just chunk away one of their health bars in an entire nine hit
1: kills on bosses it's like some of these bosses have an absurd amount of health
2: yeah yeah and they have little pips for how many of those they get um but, oh, it's it's so satisfying, and it makes me want to play it again myself listening to you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've mentioned before, I have beaten this game except for the final boss, and I have tried many, many times, and I cannot beat that final boss. And now I'm kind of thinking, maybe I should go back and see if I can beat it this time. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. I was
0: just looking up, because you guys were talking about Tenchu, I was like, I wonder when the last one was. So uh, I was looking, the last one was... Published on the Wii. Oh, Shadow Assassins, and it was published by From Software. So yeah,
1: ha, huh, that's, that's funny. funny. Yep. Well, yeah. uh, two thousand nine. Come on, all guys. All I have to say is this is uh Sekiro is definitely the next game that Zach's going to be playing. He's going to go straight from Chrono Trigger to uh Sekiro, and he's going to love it.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's definitely a Zach
1: game.
2: Definitely not something he would totally hate. <laughs>
1: Um, other than that, uh, we've been, uh, with some of the 2022 changes, uh, have done a couple streams in the past two weeks. Um, Nick joined me for, for one of them, which was really, really fun. And, yeah. uh, both of them have been monster hunter focused. Uh, we had, uh, chip on there and then, uh, my buddy Ian, who's a, a listener fan of the show and a dear friend of mine, uh, joined us. Uh, we have a slacker who shall not be named who hasn't joined us yet. Hasn't graced us with his presence on the stream, but again, uh, he shall not be named. Um, but yeah, we went to be through... fair.
0: Listen, we, have measured you're the face. You have to do the streaming part.
1: Oh no. So, so funny story about my face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this was good. So, uh, it was our, uh, the first stream that we did, or I guess second stream on the channel really, but Nick was there, Chip and then my buddy Ian and we're sitting there and, and I'm, very new to like streaming myself, but tech savvy enough that I had everything set up. I could read the chat. I knew how many people were watching. And I'm keeping an eye and I see like Daniel is pretty much the only person watching us. Um my, my <laughs> a couple of my friends pop in for a few minutes and say, Hey, um, Zach made an appearance uh via chat. But then all of a sudden, yeah, I'm not our- a mod
0: in the chat either. What the fuck?
1: Our view <laughs> count. I didn't have time to set that up. Whatever. Now, because of that, you're not gonna be a mod. <laughs> I'll make Ever. myself a mod. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> so anyway, um, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the view count and it goes from like two to five to three to five. You know, people randomly probably interested in Monster Hunter and watching us um, you know, bring chip through the beginning of the story. And, you know, I'm not Practiced at entertaining people while playing the game, so I have my like my dumb, what I call my dumb game face on, <laughs> where my mouth is slightly hanging open and I'm staring in one direction and mashing buttons and uh, trying to uh. think of conversation topics. And so all of a sudden, we get like 25 viewers all at the same time, and the chat goes crazy with like emojis. There's just like <laughs> a bunch of hams. There's a bunch of hammers. And um, somebody called the Ham Slayer was like, hey, (laughs) what's up, blah, blah, blah. And I went, oh, well, maybe I didn't have the raid notification because in in Twitch, you can be raided. So another person who's streaming can raid your stream. And what they do is they seamlessly cut over all of their viewers into your stream. And so that's why we got the the spike. And I was like, oh, thanks, Ham Slayer. You know, great, blah, 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 blah. But they signed off. And then I said, well, who's the ham slayer? And the next person said uh, he uh, I think they're they're a smexy Ozzy man. And I was like, oh, OK, um, I have sure. not
2: heard smexy since like yeah. middle school. Yeah, like all the edgy scene girls would say that. And that's the only people I would ever hear. Oh, man, that was a throwback.
1: So, I, you know, I didn't I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, that's great. And a couple of people hung around, not for that long, because We were just playing and bullshitting and, you know, whatever. Um, So I I was curious. I was like, I wonder if I can go back to this person's stream and watch the minute that they go that they cut over. So I go to the person's stream I start (laughs) watching it right around, like towards the end. And uh, I see them going through and they're just like clicking on this Monster Hunter, this Monster Hunter person. They're like, oh, why doesn't anybody ever play single player Monster Hunter anymore? Uh, Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, oh. Look at this guy. Oh, he looks really pissed off. Why does he look really pissed off? Goes in. Oh, he's fighting a Goss Harag, so like maybe he's doing a Goss Harag impression. All right, whatever. Uh, let's just rate him and then just... Woof. So based on this face, we got a few more viewers. So yes, I guess it's true. And that's why you're the face of the podcast. I guess it's true. It that's has amazing. to be true now. Um, so, well so, yeah. done. Got to got to stream and and play, uh, one of my favorite game series with some of my favorite people, and it was very very fun. Kind of revitalized my friend group into playing Rise again. Um, a bunch of people picked it up and were like, oh, "When are you streaming?" Because they jumped on and watched us streaming and were and, um, so we might have rotating guests on the stream just playing Monster Hunter because that seems to be a really easy thing that that people enjoy watching and want to talk about. So, it's been was, really
2: fun. Yeah and and I I enjoyed just like swapping around various uh weapons because I mostly played through the game solo with sword and shield because it's versatile and it's fast and um that was my my way of going through the game but uh being in a group I could take weapons like the hammer that are a little more single-minded of just bonk it on the head until it passes out um and who cares about taking damage and so on um and it was super fun. And uh, Chip plays a weapon that always scared me but looked really cool, called the Insect Glaive, Where you're, it's basically a spear, but you also have a bug on your arm that you like shoot at the the monster to collect stuff from it. To like, yeah, and it farts
1: out clouds of different colors that do different things.
2: It's cool. It's interesting, but it always scared me because it's a very high flying like you sort of like pogo up into the air and and uh it 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 seemed complicated but um chip's new to the game and he was playing it and enjoying it and made me think well maybe i shouldn't be scared of this thing that looks pretty cool uh and we're also both uh chip and i are fans of a book series where the protagonist is a spear wielding guy who flies through the air and so he was like yeah i just feel like kaladin just bouncing around in the air with the spear i think the word you're looking
0: for is spear wielding whiner oh (laughs) spear
2: wielding clinically depressed (laughs) soldier
1: but um monster hunter rise also came out on pc yesterday and i was able to boot it up and play for about an hour i did just one mission after i forgot you have to create your character then create your dog then create a cat then run around the entire town And then watch some cutscenes. Well, I skipped the cutscenes. And then (laughs) then you get to go play. And then level one weapons take forever to kill the monsters. Even if you've played the game for forever, it just, until you get like your first items, it just takes a long time. So um, I got to play one mission yesterday. Looking forward to continuing my PC playthrough. Um, I already have a group of friends who are like when are we playing pc monster hunter and i'm like when i have some
2: time oh i'm probably gonna stick with the switch but it makes me wonder if they're going to do the thing that they did with monster hunter world where when the expansion came out they gave everybody a set of armor that you could equip at the very start of the game like armor and weapons that is way more powerful than you would get at the start of the game so you can just breeze through it and get to the new stuff
1: they did that but only with armor this time they didn't do the weapons so they you get the guild cross armor set um and you also get the layered armor for it which um to put in perspective you get uh armor 24 from each piece <laughs> where the beginning sets of oh. armor up until high rank you don't get to like 16 and then you can upgrade them to 20 so it kind of cuts out you know about 5 or 6 hours of grind out of the game right away so now i can just pretty much breeze through it and just upgrade my weapons um at least until i get to high rank so that beginning part of the game is going to be shortened for me which i I was i was very pleased with but yeah they probably know
2: people are coming into this after having spent a bunch of time on the switch version
1: and and i'm an insane person so i'm going to continue to play the switch version because i have lots of friends that want to play switch um, and I'm going to have another save file on, um, PC as well. So I will play any version of any monster hunter. If somebody asks me to, I own just about every version. And as I've said before, I even have some of the Japanese versions from. Zap. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I will play monster hunter anytime.
2: And the nice thing about monster hunter is that it's a series where it's an RPG series sort of, but, your skills carry over. And that's the most important thing is that you understand how the boss works and how to combat it and how your weapon works. And so it's not as horrible as it might sound having two different save files, but you don't share progression across uh, because you still share your knowledge.
1: Yeah. and, And even though it would be kind of tough for me to go back to like an older style one, there are so many new quality of life improvements in the new games that some of the more tedious parts of monster hunter have been shorn up in in a really good way as i've stated many many times before so uh to to finalize this monster hunter rant of mine um i like monster hunter i bought the pc version i will still be
0: playing pc and switch <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't have a Palamute, you'll be sad
2: uh one of these days we should play uh world yeah on um, on stream and and check it out
0: yeah i'm totally down you play like um, 2 hours first to <laughs> unlock multiplayer yeah yeah yeah, yeah play exactly. for a
1: little bit to unlock multiplayer and then <laughs> uh, but it's great because i beat the whole story so you can start a story mission shoot a signal flare and i can jump in your game yeah uh, it was just a really stupid thing that they put in world where you had to watch the cutscene before you could host a multiplayer game it was just <laughs> absolute madness um but yeah 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 um i'm i'm totally down um uh we'll we'll have to do that sometime soon because i
2: i love monster hunter
1: it's a plan understated
2: and and now i have a great pc that will absolutely run it really well oh
1: it'll just it'll it'll be great that's yeah so crush it it'll be great well uh with that out of the way we're gonna roll over to our question of the episode uh what game would have been great except for one problem and this comes from listener Ben.
2: I can start if you like. Um I Go for it. was the last I was the last one to come up with an answer to this, but as soon as I thought of it, I knew it was the perfect answer. Um and it's it's not totally perfect because there are other problems with this game than this, but um uh everyone knows I love Fire Emblem and uh the Fire Emblem Fates series in particular is really excellent, but the there's fire emblem fates birthright and conquest and uh they are separated by a choice that you make at the start of the game uh basically which characters you want to ally with over the course of the rest of the game um you have your birth family birthright or uh or your adopted family conquest who are like imperialist it's it's bad. Uh it, I you, think we you know kind which of feel like the with. villains.
1: You went with the Edge Lords. <laughs>
2: I you know, I went with Birthright first and I feel pretty strongly uh that that is the correct way to do it partly because it's a little easier uh and partly because those characters are kinder and uh have less edge to them and uh and it it adds to like you don't need to feel um, you you don't need to feel justified in defeating the villains but when you play conquest and you play as the villains it adds some really complex emotions to when you are defeating these characters who were your allies in the last playthrough um, but the the sort of black sheep of this particular um, series is the third dlc campaign which is basically find a way to make peace between the two families um and there are a lot of issues with this campaign um story-wise what is this one called it's called revelation revelation okay um i i always forget if it's revelation or revelations but i believe it's revelation um and it's it's called that because oh you get the secret of why all the characters were um were acting the way they were or the ones who were acting weird um, was it a
1: spell of a great wizard or a giant crystal More,
2: more more like the spell of a great wizard uh, um well trapped maybe in a crystal there, i get may, it maybe maybe there was a crystal um there's there's a lot of stuff to it but um there's this super dumb mechanic where you are like physically incapable of talking about why the stuff that's going on is going on. Uh and so and so you have to fight all these characters who are your allies just because of a misunderstanding and like that's every level for the first half of the game. Mm. Um so there's there's a lot of problems with it but the biggest problem is that this is the version of the or the path of the game with the most characters cuz you get access to all the characters from both sides but it has the most stringent restrictions on the number of characters you can bring into a battle. So like where you might've gotten 12 or 14 characters from your roster in a mission in, um, in say birthright or conquest in revelation, you get like eight or 10. And so mm-hmm. you have this gigantic roster, but you don't get to take advantage of it. And it's so frustrating and it seems so simple to just crank up the number of guys you can take in to a battle uh, so that you can actually make use of this roster and get to see all of these interesting social links of like characters getting to know each other that never would have interacted except in opposition in the regular versions. And mm-hmm. uh, it's so frustrating. It's one of the few Fire Emblem games I've played and not beaten because it's just so it's so disappointing. And that's the biggest thing for me. So it's not the one problem, but it is the mm-hmm. biggest problem.
1: And what? Uh, sorry, did you say what platform that's on?
2: Uh yes. Oh, sorry. This is on 3ds, and okay. that that series is pretty cool uh, because it's it's like Pokemon in that it has conquest and birthright, and they're different versions of the game. But mm-hmm. when you buy one at retail, um, whether it's digital retail or Um, or as a physical copy, you can buy the other one for half price for $20 as DLC, basically. Oh, Um, okay. And then you also pay $20 for Revelation after that. Um, There was a very limited release release, uh, special edition that has all three on one cartridge and that was how you got revelation early even mm. um and that is one of my holy grails of collecting that if i ever find i will probably spend too much money.
1: <laughs> on. yeah from what it sounds like fire emblem games are like le- uh, not printed a whole lot in for for the english versions yeah, yeah
2: they they are now um these mm-hmm. days but being a collector's edition that one is um is harder so like the older fire emblems from before awakening when it got really popular um, or the special editions because they know people love it and will pay for it those those are pretty scarce
0: so zach what about you sir first thing that came to mind for me was something i had played recently and, and already talked about which was final fantasy 7 remake i think that so i guess let me back up a second when i was thinking about the question what game would have been great except for one problem I think there's two ways you can take this. You can take this in a literal, like, this game was good, but it could have been great. Or this game was trash with some great ideas, but, like, one thing (laughs) really made it suck. So I went went at it from the first perspective of this game was good, but it could have been great. So Final Fantasy VII Remake was the first thing that came to mind because of all the padding for me. kind of detracted from what that game was trying to offer. I think it could have been 10 hours less and been absolutely exceptional. But I think I want to go back to another game I already talked a lot about, so I won't spend too much time on it, which is Final Fantasy X. And the biggest thing for me in that game, I probably mentioned it before, I don't remember, the unskippable cutscenes are brutal in that game. Oh, it's so bad. Especially when you have to redo fights, and you have to watch this fucking five-minute cutscene beforehand, because of where the save point was. Uh, it's just the, unreal.
2: The, uh, the third encounter with a particular repeated villain is so brutal because it's such a difficult fight and it has literally three or four minutes of cutscene that is unskippable ahead of it. And oh man.
0: I, I think I mentioned before when I played it that I played on my Vita. And there were times where I would lose a fight and I'd reload my save and I'd put my, my Vita down to let the cutscene go through and I'd just walk away
2: until the. Yeah, because it's turn
0: based. So you're not yeah. going
2: to lose any. You're not going to get caught out in combat. It's just, it'll just stop at the it's turn. It's awful.
0: It's just, there's so many cutscenes in that game and the fact that none of them are skippable is ridiculous. So I think that game. It's got a lot of other problems, but that's the big one for me that stuck out. Like when I was thinking about, I thought about Final Fantasy VII first, and my brain went, "Oh wait, no, there's a worse Final Fantasy that I got <laughs> to mention." So, uh, yeah, that's the one for me.
1: And for me, I, I think uh, maybe you guys can remember, but I've talked about Borderlands Three on this show, right? I think you did early on, starting yeah. to, at least a yes, little bit, starting to get uh, to blur the line. So I won't, I won't go too too crazy and deep to it, but. My choice is Borderlands three. I'm a huge fan of the Borderlands series. And, um, I played the first Borderlands by accident. And what I mean by accident is my buddy went with me to the midnight release of, um, left 4 dead two. And I believe they came out around the same time, uh, or at least the same year. And when we were there buying it, um my buddy knew the manager at gamestop and he was like oh my god we have our last copy of borderlands you should buy it i'm like what the Uh. hell is this game i don't care about it and my buddy goes no he knows what he's talking about let's split it so i spent 90 bucks that (laughs) night instead of you know 60 or whatever at the time and you got duped um, by the gamestop got left 4 dead 2 uh left 4 dead 2 and i I think the the term is upsold upsold (laughs) (laughs) Uh, upsold. yeah yeah. 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 upsold (laughs) (laughs) Um, and they were both for the xbox 360 that's how i originally played it and i played borderlands one co-op like just sitting one whole weekend with my roommate at the time eyes glued like we could not stop playing and then it only got better with borderlands 2 and the story was insane the graphics and the guns were awesome all the classes were great the dlc was some of the best parts of that game too Um, and to this day, like I've started multiple playthroughs, like it's, it's my, um, like, like Zach has Diablo. This is my Diablo. (laughs) It's, it's, it's first person Diablo pretty much.
2: And it's, it's a comfort game. It's an easy comfort game. Yeah, My college and... roommates did that with Borderlands, too, where like they I would come home all the time from doing whatever. And uh, one of them would just be sitting on the couch farming for a weapon at this certain like high, super high rank uh, so that they would be powerful enough to challenge the next high rank to get a better version of that weapon. Mm-hmm. God, it and sounds so Borderlands... stupid when you say it like that. Don't It really does. <laughs> See, Yeah. But I
0: love it
1: and I didn't do a whole lot of the, the end game grindy stuff. It was mainly the like 40 plus hours of content. Plus just like the co-op wackiness of just playing a game with another human being, um, that really made it, uh, fun for me, but.
2: And the atmosphere is so fun and exciting and like the cell shaded Mm -hmm. art style and the, the humor in the game can be hit or miss, but in general, it just creates this atmosphere of fun that contributes to the co-op fun.
1: Well, my friend, uh, when the Handsome Collection came out, um, I played with my friend Kevin, uh, Borderlands 2, and he was floored. It actually jettisoned him into playing more role-playing games because he had never really been about playing any role-playing games. He went from that to playing Yakuza 0. And oh, then from, cool. And then went from Yakuza 0 to playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. <laughs> and then he also played um, Final Fantasy Twelve. Because he's like, oh, huh. I owned this game on PlayStation when I was a kid. I haven't played an RPG <laughs> since I was a kid. And Ooh, like, I hope,
2: s- I sure well. hope he played the Zodiac Age Edition. Oh, if it was new, Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was on Game
1: Pass. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, thank God, because that original PS2 version is, like, absolute trash compared to the Zodiac Age with all the yeah. changes that they made.
1: But um, for for me, um, this is, again, kind of like uh, Marvel's Avengers, like I talked about uh, a little while ago. Um I bought it twice. I bought it when it came out on the Epic Game Store, which, you know, whatever. I I bought it um, because I I really wanted to play it launch day. And then I bought it. It was on a super sale for 10 bucks, and I was trying to play it with my buddy Kevin on Xbox. And I went through the whole story with my friend Eric um, because we're huge Borderlands fans. Played the second one a bunch together. And we played it all the way through. And we love the guns. We love the mechanics. Probably mention what you're talking about. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Borderlands 3. I thought I said <laughs> no, Borderlands 3. You never did. Sorry. <laughs> I, so, so, I, I was so about so to stop you 3. too. Borderlands 3. <laughs> um, so first run through was on PC. The, the guns, the mechanics, um, the environments, the fights that you get set up, uh, the bosses, um, the new abilities, the skill trees, how they just kind of tweaked everything were amazing. The one thing that was wrong with the game, which is a a big one thing, is the story. The story is so bad. It's so bad that I was like, "Okay, I I paid money for this game. I paid 60 bucks. I'm going to play it all the way through. It's going to be an experience. Whatever. I'll play a game with anybody, any game with anybody, just about. I bought it again for 10 bucks, thinking right off the heels of Borderlands 2, completely forgetting the story of Borderlands 3. (laughs) I'm like, Kevin, let's play this. It'll be great we played one session and we got through like the first chapter of the game and we got to the second one. He's like, this is so dumb.
0: (laughs) Like, he's like, I don't want to
1: play anymore because the villains are annoying as hell. There's no real reason for our characters to be here. Not that that's a, a big part of the game. The gameplay is part of it, but it's just like, there's, there's no motivation to go and do the next thing. Um, and it kind of just continues that pattern. Like the first part of the game is fantastic. The first, I want to say like four or five hours is good. It's really, really good. But as soon as it starts kind of putting all its chips down on the new story, it's
0: just, it's unbearable. And for context, uh, listeners, this is the same person who loves Marvel Avengers.
2: <laughs> that sounds a little strong, but but yeah, it's yeah, and like the other two strong. games... The other two games were dumb, but dumb in a way that's fun and engaging. And it's like Mm -hmm. silly dumb
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: not just annoying dumb,
1: annoying dumb. And, you know, I I see what they were what they were going for. But with a, a lot of how far back this game got pushed, a lot of fun politics about Gearbox Studios and some interesting things about that game's development um, Kind of shine some light on why certain decisions were made but um, it's just not it's not something that I would want to make myself go through again and um, speaking of Marvel's Avengers I mean I kind of had the same exact experience played the whole thing start to finish put a whole bunch of time in the PC one went back to play on a whim with a friend on xbox and was like what am i doing to myself like <laughs> there's so many other games i could be playing right now and just cold stop a couple hours in because it's just it's one of the things that makes what could be an amazing game just kind of like a speed bump in the last five years of of triple a video games
2: yeah and it makes me worried a little bit about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I think that game looks super cool, and I really mm-hmm. hope it's good. But I I worry that just the culture inside Gearbox is incapable of creating something good anymore.
1: Well, I'm a sucker, so I'm gonna buy it, and I'll play. Oh, it. Oh, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, it's you'll you'll have to you'll have to get your review from us, I guess, if that's what something that you care about. Um, and I cause... I
2: never actually played uh the previous tiny tina's rpg adventure dlc for two um uh, which is now available standalone and it was free on the epic game store for a while i should have picked it up but i will i will pay for it and play it because i saw trailers for it and it looks really good it's amazing it was
1: so good and it's gonna set up the game so that's why i think that if they're relating it to that story And they're moving forward with this like meta game within another game. That's also super self, like it's going to be, it's going to be cool. Like they're doing crazy stuff that I think that this game came off the back of three, obviously, but it also is like, we can take the formula and do something different with it because it's this completely absurd, game world inside of a game world so you thought that there were not very many rules in this one now there are no rules other than yeah this horribly traumatized partially insane uh explosives expert teenage girl who is playing yeah. this game of uh bunkers and badasses which is their version <laughs> their version of dra- dungeons and dragons so
2: and and it's it's worth noting too like she's voiced by ash ashley birch who is amazing um and i know her brother was formerly a um a developer at gearbox which is probably part of why she ended up in that role because it was a pretty tiny not tiny you know (laughs) tiny uh side role um uh in in borderlands 2 but she has become like one of the best voice actors in the business i think like uh she is akin to laura bailey i i describe matt mercer as um who they get if troy baker is busy and <laughs> i i think ashley birch is kind of who they get if laura bailey is busy Um uh, uh, did you ever but-
1: watch their series ashley and anthony birch hey ash what you playing
2: yeah, it's it's really funny. And it's so funny that, that she's like this big star now and this like serious star of games like Horizon Zero Dawn and is just so expressive and emotive, and just great. But um apparently the other main characters in the game are voiced by Andy Sandberg, Will Arnett, and Wanda Sykes, which is just I'm so happy. I'm so happy that Wanda Sykes is doing things in 2022.
0: It's worth noting that I I just looked while you guys were talking at my Steam library, because I was like, I know I own Borderlands 2 and a bunch of the DLC. Apparently, I own all of the DLC, so I'm going to have to get to some playing.
1: (laughs) I might Dude, too. We should do a Borderlands two stream. I, I hell have yes. played,
0: uh, According to Steam, I played seventeen hours of Borderlands Two. I played it all solo though. So it was really good, but I kind of fell off of it. I think it'd be really fun to play with other people.
1: Well, <sighs> let's uh let's put it on the schedule for games to stream because I would love to do that. Um listeners. We won't yeah, we won't stream or we won't um, stream this game before this episode comes out, so uh ping us let us know if you want to be our fourth because uh that would be a really fun uh stream to do is uh borderlands 2 but you gotta set aside sweet. some time because i want to make some progress <laughs> i'll make it happen all right sweet oh
2: apparently i own the pre-sequel um i didn't know that
1: that doesn't I... exist move on <laughs> yeah
2: great um i do also own that tiny tina's dlc so i'll just play it there
0: nice great <laughs> i must have picked up on a seems a long time ago because I, I own literally every piece of dlc I'm, for the game same I mean, maybe maybe what we do oh. is we
1: play the standalone tiny tina dlc instead of the entirety of borderlands 2 sure that works sure so uh yeah that that was it for the question again thank you ben for that question that was a really good one so final thoughts on beer has anybody uh really changed on what they think about the amber
0: no, I don't think I've changed. I, I think I'm, you know, Nick mentioned he loves Ambers. I think I'm kind of lukewarm on them. I don't think that they're like my favorite. But this one was pretty good. It was super drinkable. It's extremely smooth, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's really like there's no bitterness at all. I think you could give this to somebody who does not like beer and they would like it. So uh, it's I, I would definitely consider this again. Um, I think it's it's totally good.
2: Yeah, it's one of the better ambers that I have had. Oh, geez, that was a weird phrasing. It is one of the. You're just you're just channeling your your filbert. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I've also had two of these, which is twice as many as I usually have. Uh, uh, one of my resolutions for the year is to uh, bring more beers to the table and drink them faster. Cause I, I enjoy them. I'm just a super slow drinker if I'm not actively thinking about it. Um, so that probably plays into why I'm having trouble enunciating, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is really good. And I don't know if it's my favorite Amber. I think like Alaskan Amber is the, the gold standard. It's the classic standby basic, uh, Amber ale, but this is pretty solid and I'll have to do a comparison um, because yeah, like, like Zach said, it's super smooth. It's really easy to, to sip. And uh, yeah, I, there's a reason that this went pretty quickly through two, two cans for me.
1: Well, I purchased um, two 22 ounce bottles. So I'm on the last bits of the last, uh, the last, bottle um my opinion really hasn't changed it's pretty good it sits for me kind of if we're doing beer analogies reds and ambers kind of sit in that same category with me where i'll drink it i'll enjoy it but it's not the first one that i reach for i think that odin's gift is definitely better than the boundary bay that we featured oh oh yeah (laughs) but i don't but i don't know i'd have to I, i don't really drink a whole lot of ambers so i'd have to um you know maybe have have some more later this year to kind of help compare but i mean I, I don't have anything new to say it's it's smooth um heavy caramel and malt flavor um and and i really like it i if you're a fan of ambers um i would definitely pick this up
2: yeah give it a try um uh, yeah t- tastes are different and it is entirely possible that other people will enjoy this more than alaskan uh after talking about it every time we feature anything remotely like an amber i think i am committing to next time i get to pick the beer i will just bring alaskan <laughs> because I've, I've talked about it for too long i can't not um
1: or it can be a running joke we can talk about you picking it up every single episode yeah and never <laughs>
2: ever do it
1: well with, with that um into 2022, with the first episode recorded, not the first episode published. <laughs> yes. So, um, if you want to find us uh, on Twitter, we are at hops Podcast. Same with Facebook, Instagram, and also Twitch. And keep me in check. Be active. If you, if you stop by, you know, type, say hi. You know, I'm monitoring the chat. Um, tell me that my face looks dumb or it's too red or <laughs> I make uh, of the dumb sound balance is off. Yeah, you can you can comment on my dumb gamer face um but you know uh interact with us join us play some games uh it, it'll be a lot of fun we'd uh, love to see you there and 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 chat with you yeah. um where can we find you nick
2: outside of co uh i'm at nprinzing on twitter and at nicholas.prinzing on instagram zach i'm on twitter at zach has no pants
0: z-a-c-k
1: and i'm on twitter and instagram at gmank 16 um wrapping it up if you want to email, like, uh, what is that? Uh, Four twenty, blaze it for Jesus. Uh, let us know how much you hate us. Um, that's cohopspodcast at gmail dot com. And
2: uh, yeah, yeah. Tell us which games we forgot existed.
1: Exactly. Tell us about your Total War rants. And um, tell me tell what us facts about I got wrong
2: about BVMs and PVMs.
1: Yeah. There you go. Um uh, tech community attack Zach because it's always
0: Zach's fault. <laughs> uh, we've, we've decided truly.
1: Um, and with that, uh, thank you for joining us for episode 27 of the podcast.
0: Have a good night.